rescued with us, but they went out from us that it might be made manifest they never were of us. False professors, superficial believers, those people are in grave danger, and other believers must call them back to the true faith. In a very real sense, the work of gospel proclamation should begin in the church among those who profess Christ but don't know him. This is Bible Q&A with John MacArthur. For more in-depth teaching from the book of James, visit MacArthurCommentaries.com. Jesus said that one of the signs of the climax of history would be the distress of nations with perplexity. Wow, we see that every day, don't we? People and nations who are perplexed and distressed. So what's the answer? Billy Graham knew. I'm convinced beyond doubt that the only hope for this world is the coming again of Jesus Christ. There is no other answer except the return of Jesus Christ. So as followers of Jesus, what do we do until then? Till that glorious moment, our job is to shine his lights. We are to be the salt of the earth, and we are to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. We can help you discover how to share your faith with others at goingfarther.net. Click where it says Basics of Christianity. That's goingfarther.net from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkestone, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. When you give the best to your kids, Trace Embry of Shepherds Hill Academy says they'll end up missing something important. Today, Unlicensed to Parent. Every day I see affluent parents working hard to provide for their family's material needs. Yet, I often wonder whether family really is the true motive, when it appears pride, ego, and even greed are sadly too often the real incentive. These same parents often put a greater emphasis on their kids' grades than they do their kids' character and righteousness, bringing sorrows unending. But God isn't looking for an A student. He's looking for A student. Proverbs 15:16 says, Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. While verse 6 of Proverbs 15 says, The house of the righteous contains great treasure, but the income of the wicked brings them trouble. Find out more about Shepherds Hill Academy's work with troubled teens at licensedaparent.org. Two, one, zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Friday, February the 23rd, I believe. I'm David Gray, along with Brad Sykes. And as always, we are glad that you are with us to kind of wrap up our week here on SWAT Radio. And uh, Brad, good to be with you. It was a fast week since we were, I think we were here last week, right? We were. A yeah, fast we were, week. We were here on Friday. Yeah. Sorry to throw you for a loop here when you walked in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I figured let's just mix it up a little bit. I'll sit on the other side this time and uh, just kind of get a view of what this is like over here. Although yesterday I had my good friend uh, Jeff Dalrymple and Julie Lowe uh, call in. You know, we do a lot of interviews here on SWAT radio. Yesterday was a, a little unique. And for those of you who may have tuned in, my apologies for some of the delay we were dealing with. Um, we had, so I had Julie Lowe in Philadelphia and I had Jeff Dalrymple in Anaheim, California. 
calling in separately. And so it had its challenges, and I warmed up this seat for today. So there you go. To, so we could have a little chit chat. Yeah. And uh, good we, to see you, brother. Good to see you, too. You doing all right? Yeah, doing well. Good. Doing well. It's been a busy week, short week, but uh, it's been busy. Yeah. And uh, I know uh, you're probably the same. I think you uh, taught the Thursday SWAT study yesterday. I did. I did. We uh, took a little a little uh, deviation this week <laughs> to teach on discernment. Uh, that's another story, right? Another uh, We'll get topic. into that next right, week. Right, right. But uh, yeah, we had a good, we had a good uh, session on, on Thursday. As, as you feel about the group that you go to and all the SWAT groups, just a, a great group of guys and guys that I'm thankful with, thankful for that I've had in my life for a while. And uh, I've been fortunate enough over the years. I've been, you know, known Doug long enough and be, been part of SWAT long enough to where I've been, I've been to three different locations at different times in my life as a regular attender. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. Know that. So I, I've been at the, you know, I went to the beach years ago. Yeah. Uh, that's probably, that's the first place was at Woody's cause now it's at the, the Y in Ponte Vedra, but I was at Woody's for a number of years and then switched here to the Salem center noontime one. That's probably where I first met you Yeah. was here. I, I, I must've been teaching that week to get you back <laughs> that's right that's right. <laughs> right that's right no i had never come to the salem center before but then when the salem center um uh i don't know what year that started but my office for years was right down the street and so it was much easier for me to come here at lunchtime on wednesdays and then um when i started working from home i was kind of equidistant between the beach on you know for wednesday morning or mandarin for thursday morning and I have, I had, you know, guys that I had become close with, you know, from the Mandarin group, Don Novak from our trip to Absolutely. the Philippines and John Heinzel from going to Israel. And now we had met before our trip to the Philippines. We, right? we had, but we, we didn't know each other. We got to know each other a lot better on that trip, but, uh, we when had you met squeezed and we, into the back of a Range Rover yeah. or Land Rover or whatever. That's we right. Were, that's uh, right. So anyway, I've been to, I've been to the three locations and, uh, and now, of course, the Thursday morning group meets here uh, closer to the Salem Center. Um, and we start at 6.15. So I think we have the record for the earliest start time. We'll start for, at 6.15? Yeah. No, well, when kidding. we moved there, some of the guys that used to go to Mandarin were, were wary of maybe some extra time needed to get to this location. Mm -hmm. And then, more importantly, when they left, to make it to work on time. But uh, so we... we Guys are, do have enough time, but we kept it to 6.15. So it gives us that little buffer at the end. If we go to 7.30, it's not that big a deal. I may have, I may have to start coming to that one. <clears throat> um, no. A few guys will have me, you know. Ab absolutely. Do I, do I have to put an entry? It's a, it's a, it, for you, it would only be a semi-rigorous background check. <laughs> a, a, a pretty high fee to get in. And, uh, yeah. Oh, it's definitely. actually great because we're at the we're at Howdy's uh um, you know, new location yeah, jumping, for jumping jacks, jumping jacks yeah. and our friend Bob who works for Howdy makes a uh, great breakfast pizzas for us. And we have coffee and these breakfast pizzas and Don Novak usually picks up the leftover donuts from, uh, the Wednesday SWAT in the oh, morning. Come, so come on. No, he does. You know, we sit here and we talk about how good the food is and we're eating left leftover donuts. I, the well, they're just from the day before. I don't eat them. I, I, I try to stay away from them. So, <laughs> uh anyway hey it's a donut it, it can't be that bad i uh, even you know there's certain things that we it, we know it's hard to imagine this but certain things right taste 
just as good or even a little better when they're slightly stale. Yeah. You know, I have a friend who swears, remember, you know, at, at, at around Easter, the yellow marshmallow chicks, right? Oh, yeah. He swears those are a little better if you let them get a little stale, oh, yeah. get a little crust on. <laughs> hey, I like spaghetti the next day. There you go. Strangely enough. There hey, you go. I, I don't know if you've uh, you got any news on the on the, yeah, well, on the screen that's got your attention. Not really. I mean, as always, there's just so much going on. I confess, I I am not following things in the political realm like I used to. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I can't do it. It's exhausting. It, it is exhausting. I just can't do it. And I'm trying to pay attention to the extent that I, in general, know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, but I'm not following it like i used to so not that we get into politics too much here but uh i I got i got i'm sure you get these and our listeners probably get these as well these text messages from you know you whatever political person is out there and uh got one the other day said i need your help i go yeah that feels really personal (laughs) yeah yeah right i said uh no thank you um don't send this to me anymore uh you know hey by the way i was looking at um i i my wife got me on to 1440 which is a great kind of a middle of the road news source uh did you see that uh we had a u.s built spacecraft land on the moon i yesterday? did see that i did see that and i read something about the signal was somewhat weak yeah i don't know but the, i haven't seen many details yet yeah, the odysseus spacecraft successfully reached the lunar surface yesterday becoming the first ever private sector mission to land on the moon while remaining operational its arrival also represents the first U.S. built spacecraft to land on the moon in more than 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Following the uh, final Apollo mission in 1972. Interesting. It says it was built by intuitive machines and launched aboard a SpaceX rocket. Odysseus touched down about 180 miles from the lunar south pole. The region is of interest to scientists due to the presence of ice hmm. along along with traces of evidence from the early formation of the solar system. I, you know, <clears throat> hmm. the payload included about $120 million in NASA materials meant in part to lay the groundwork for a human visit in 2026 as part of the Ar- Ar- Artemis program. Hmm. It, it also says, along with a number of art sculptures, I'm going to need to look into that, Intuitive Machines stock has jumped more than 300% since early January. Jeremy, you got any of that stock yet, bud? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully my wife's listening. Maybe she'll she'll go. Uh, maybe this is not a good time to buy that stock, but uh, we're not giving stock advice here on well, Spot Radio, by the way. <laughs> the, uh, you know, think about when you and I were kids and anybody listening of a certain age, right? Just what a huge deal translated the, old yeah the, the moon landings were early on and and i don't know what the total number is but i want to say it's around 30 or low 30s of the number of men who in the end wound up walking on the moon and think about the early astronauts everybody knows their name right although i could probably off the top of my head i'm, I'm going to name only buzz aldrin and neil armstrong right as the because they were the first ones and then you know we know jim lovell and we know those guys that were on apollo 13 because of the movie but think about some of those guys who walked on the moon after the 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 
hubbub over it, if you will, kind of died down or the, or the popularity or the interest in it died down. These guys walked on the moon and nobody knows who they are. Well, <laughs> you know? let me, let me tell you all of the, the people who walked on the moon, Neil Armstrong, number one, Buzz Aldrin, Pete Conrad, Alan Bean, Alan Shepard, Edgar Mitchell, David Scott, James Irwin, John Young, Charles Duke, Gene Kernan, and Harrison Schmidt. Now, <clears throat> here's a trivia question for all you SWAT guys out there. Doug and I interviewed one of those 12 guys mm. here on SWAT Radio. Can you name that guy? I'm guessing it wasn't Neil Armstrong. Hey, Jeremy, do we have a drum roll? <laughs> uh, it was <laughs> it was charles duke interesting charles duke early on doug and i interviewed charles duke probably 2017 maybe 2018 he's a follower of christ a really really great interview anyway well i uh, for the record i would like to see i mean just from a an interest standpoint it would be you know it would be very interesting and exciting to see us send a man mission back to the moon. I mean, I think that would be something that the country could really rally around and maybe unite to some extent over, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think it'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be very it'd be really cool. cool. I mean, there's enough uh, we can, you know, grumble about. Um, you know, you brought up the fact that, you know, we were, we were around when the first um, mission landed on the moon. And uh, I actually remember it. Yeah, and uh, I was seven years old. Yep. Yeah, we were the same. Yep, yep. And uh, you know, you look back over the last uh, fifty years, and we can probably remember a few of the, the you know the space shuttle launches. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, the one yeah. I most remember was the Challenger course, that exploded, sure. and, uh, and Columbia wound up yeah. exploding as well. Different yeah, I think, circumstances. I think Challenger exploded in eighty six. Correct. It, it was the week before it was 86. I got. It was the week before I got married. Yep. Actually. Yep. So it would have been January of '86. Yep. Yep. And uh, and wow. and Columbia was you know came apart on on reentry different oh, that's circumstance. Right. That's but, right. Yeah. Well. Hey, a little little different uh, direction here, but I thought this would be interesting and and apropos for for some of the things we normally talk about. As we said, we don't get into politics too much, but but I think this is noteworthy. I my daughter um, works for here in florida the governors i probably will botch this but it's the the governors it's the office of community uh the office of faith and community or i i the the governor's initiative on faith and community that's it gotcha and basically what they do is they're working that office in the governor's under the governor's purview is working with they call it religious organizations in the state of Florida. It's mainly churches, of course, to connect them with government resources, basically to help people, right? To use faith organizations and the government working together to help people in all different kinds of areas from homelessness to, to foster care, to hunger, to senior care, to any issue. Um, you know, they're trying to get churches involved and, and plug them into to resources that the state has to, to help people. Anyway, my daughter's been able to go to a few different events and she texted me the other day and said she was at a prayer breakfast that, that governor DeSantis spoke at. And I asked if, if he had actually prayed at the prayer breakfast and she responded with people before him prayed. And then he came out 
and talked about how our freedom to live for the Lord and practice religious freedom comes from God alone and how everyone these days is looking for their identity when our identity can only be found in Jesus. I thought that was pretty impressive, that whatever you think of Governor DeSantis from a political standpoint... Um, can't can't argue with those words. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Pretty right solid. There. Pretty yep. solid. So well, I was happy to hear that. I know we're gonna we're gonna make our way through Mark chapter three, uh, verses twenty two through what are we in thirty five? Yeah, to right? the end of the chapter, I and, think. Uh, and so I'm excited to kind of work through it with you. Interested in finding out uh, what kind of stood out to you. So uh, hope you'll join us. We are going to take the first break of the day. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question, and we'll be right back on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Mandarin at 91.7. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, glad that you are with us here as we wrap up the week on SWAT Radio. And Brad, before we dive back into uh, Mark's gospel, I think you had a couple of things you wanted to mention. Yeah, I did. If, if, you, were, uh, if you were tuned in yesterday, you know I had Jeff Dalrymple and Julie Lowe in, uh, on, in doing an interview with them. And we were uh, talking about safeguards. It's a book that was written by Julie Lowe, who is a biblical counselor up in the Philadelphia area. But she's written this great book called Safeguards. And she's on what they call a Safeguards for Kids tour. And I just want to mention this. This is a free event you can come to. You do need to register. And it's it's here in Jacksonville, March 2nd through the 11th. I'm sorry, March 2nd 
That'd be a long conference, by the way. <laughs> March 2nd, 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at the Schultz Center. In fact, you can go to ecap.net slash safeguards tour and uh, get registered there. Uh, this is going to be a great um, event. I'm going to be sharing at the event myself. And so, uh, anyway, uh, go back and listen to the interview I did yesterday with Julie Lowe and Jeff Dalrymple. And then also want to mention, especially for those who live at least somewhere in the northeast Florida, southeast Georgia area, hey, that's not to say our friends out in Mississippi or Virginia can't make their way over, but uh, this weekend, um, this Saturday at Mandarin Presbyterian Church, at least their west campus here in Jacksonville, there's an Iron Sharpens Iron Conference. Again, it's uh, Saturday, February 24th. That's this Saturday. Tomorrow, uh, there's going to be 16 different equipping seminars for men of all ages, 13 plus. And uh, it starts at 8.30 in the morning, ends at 2.55. David, you've been a part of these. I've had the privilege, as Doug has, to speak at some of these and attend them. And they are so powerful. They are so, so good. And I just want to encourage you. You can sign up today, use the discount code SWAT, S-W-A-T, and get a discount. Adult tickets are thirty nine. Student tickets are twenty five dollars. So, get get registered. IronSharpensIron dot net, and uh, hope to see you there. Great, thanks. That those are uh, yeah. Iron sharpens iron. Not only uh, great sessions and speakers, but a great way just to connect with other men and especially other SWAT guys that we don't normally see uh, because they go to different meetings. Um, but a, a good time of, of fellowship. And you're right, the, the talks I've heard in the past have been really good. Yeah, they're solid. Really they're solid. Good. It's nice because it's just a – it's basically a half a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're done right. by 3 o'clock. Right. You know, remember those old Promise Keepers conferences yep. and all the conferences that were out there? It's a whole weekend. And those are great. <clears throat> but, and it's harder and harder these days to take a, an entire weekend mm-hmm. to do these kind of things. Yep. But uh, yep. anyway, hey, we're going to be in Mark chapter 3 today, and we're actually putting a bow on this today, as Doug and I have worked. At least we worked through it on Tuesday and Wednesday. I had a guest yesterday, and then we'll uh, we'll do our typical work through the passage. We're going to ask three questions. I had an opportunity on, uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, I ran into some guy that I met at Starbucks while I was writing a lesson and uh, he'd overheard me having a conversation with uh, somebody and he, he said, are you a pastor? I said, well, no, I'm not a pastor. I'm a, I, I teach the Bible. And uh, anyway, he, he, he uh, wanted to know what we were doing. I told him that's what radio. And I specifically told him about, you know, if you want to tune in Friday's a great day mm-hmm. to tune in. He's mm-hmm. a busy guy, but he said, I'd love to love to listen. I said, well, listen on, listen any day, but I think Fridays are unique because it's, it's kind of an opportunity to demonstrate what it looks like to, you know, disciple another brother, mm-hmm. you know, is to, and obviously I'm not discipling you, you're not discipling me. We're really iron sharpening yeah, well, iron, but it's, it's really meant to, to let people listen in on what it would look like if I'm yep. sitting at Starbucks with another guy right. and we're just working through a passage. Yeah. And you've said this in the past. Uh, you know, if you're going to plan to meet with someone and you're going to read some text and scripture ahead of time, right, it's a great way to say, okay, read the text and make some notes on these questions. What stands out about the text? You know, what does it teach us about God? What does it teach us about ourselves or about men in general? 
And, and so what, what can we do? How can we be different? How do we live differently? And then that's a great way to kind of, and then you come together, like you said, and compare those notes or just, or, or you've even said, put everything away yeah. and just talk about what you learned, but under the heading of those three questions, exactly. but, but it gives, it gives structure to it. And I think it's a great way to just study scripture yourself. Yeah. And we sometimes will uh, use some of the notes that we have either from the Bible study right. we've taught or right. been a, been right. a part of Doug uh, provides great notes himself. He gives uh, he outlines does. and, uh, in fact, as we look at this text, there's three, God reveals three responses to Jesus. And I'm going to just hit these real quick. Mm -hmm. We'll read the text and then we'll kind of have our normal uh, discussion. But God reveals three responses to Jesus. Number one, those that believe he is a deranged, he, that he is deranged. Uh, like uh, C.S. Lewis says, he's either a, a lunatic, a liar, or he's Lord. Mm -hmm. And so, one of the responses one one of the, one of the responses is people who believe he's deranged. Uh, the second response is uh, those that believe he is demonic or maybe a liar. And then the third response is those that believe he is divine. He is the Lord. Who he says he is. Who he says he yep. is, exactly. Yep. And, uh, of course, the the liar, lunatic, and Lord comes from C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. Great book. Vicki and I are reading um, Screwtape Letters right mm. now. Mm. Uh, we've read it before yep. in the past, but I've forgotten how difficult it is to read. And uh, But Mere Christianity, another great C.S. Lewis mm -hmm. book among uh, many of yep. his books yep. but but a great way to break down who jesus is there's really are no other possibilities that's right right the, those three categories cover the only possibilities and uh so let's read uh we'll read mark chapter 3 verses 22 to 35 i'll read that and then we'll come back and talk about those questions so and the scribes who came down from jerusalem were saying he is possessed by beelzebul and by the prince of demons, he casts out demons. And he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man, and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying he has an unclean spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they said to him, and they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother." These are the very words of God, and may God bless the reading of His Word. Well, yeah, kind of, that? kind of a heavy, uh, a heavy, uh, well-known topic in there. Yeah, the unforgivable sin. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, well, there's, you know, the, you look at 
you kind of make your way through it. You, you've got it starts with this family concern, <laughs> and it ends with who his true family is. You know, you think about this. It says in the the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying he is possessed. Right. But if you go back up to twenty one, which you didn't say it, it actually mm. verse twenty it says then he went home. And the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. Verse 21, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. For they were saying, he is out of his mind. Mm. You know, you think about, I, I don't know about you, uh, my my parents probably thought I was out of my mind at times, but it had nothing to do <laughs> with, with, uh, with proclaiming the word of God. Right, right. Uh, but, well, and you wonder if in that in that description of his family thought he was out of his mind, if that included Mary, because Mary certainly, out of all of them, right, would have known because of the angel's visit and other things that had happened. You know, you want so you wonder was Mary a part of that? Because we know at the end of this chapter that we just read, or this passage we just read, it said his his mother and his brothers. So she was. She must have been there. It looks like she was there. She was definitely there. But you wonder if she was part of the part of the family thinking that way, or if it was mainly just his brothers. Yeah, was she part of the intervention that was going to? Yeah, you know, I, apparently you know. they were going to try and make. You know, it's, as I look, I mean, there's a lot that stands out in this passage. Uh, but one of the, I think to your point, what stands out to me is that his mother certainly knew who Jesus was, mm-hmm. uh, what his what his destiny was, yeah. what his purpose was on the earth. And yet it says, and his mother and his brothers came and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. Mm. So she's concerned for some reason. I don't know whether she thinks he's he's crazy, although, you know, if you go back up to verse 21, apparently his family thought he was crazy. Yep. That would include her and the family. Yep. And how easy it is I mean, this is Mary. This is the mother of Jesus, and even she thinks he's maybe a little wacky. Yeah, apparently she's in, she's there for sure, and and that's what it says that they thought he was out of his mind. So I gotta assume Mary was at least concerned. Maybe, maybe the brothers, you know, thought that more than Mary. But Scripture doesn't tell us. This is our imagination a little yeah. bit, but, you know, about what each one was thinking. But we do know that his brothers didn't believe in him until later. Right. True. Right. But you would have thought maybe there were conversations within mm-hmm. the family right. about, hey, your brother. Yeah. <laughs> Doug and I were talking about that earlier this week. You know, can you imagine being the younger brother mm. of Jesus? Right. Uh, you know, that'd been, a, that'd been a tough family to live in. Yeah, and we don't know at what point Joseph was gone from the scene. So we're going to take our bottom of the hour break here on SWAT Radio for the news. If you'd like to call us, we're at 844-777-7928. And we'll be back after the bottom of the hour here as the news uh, is brought to us. And we'll be right back to get back into Mark on SWAT Radio. I'm John Scott. 
AT&T apologizing for a cellular outage in the U.S. on Thursday that knocked out service to tens of thousands of customers. Jennifer King has more. The Dallas-based company says the outage appeared to be the result of human error in coding while it was expanding its network, not a malicious cyber attack. Outage tracker Down Detector noted the outages began around 3.30 a.m. Eastern Time Thursday and peaked at around 73,000 reported incidents. The outage led to some self-congratulation among Americans who maintain landline phones in their offices and households. But according to 2022 estimates from the National Center for Health Statistics, 73% of American adults live in households where there are only wireless phones. I'm Jennifer King. Also at SRNews.com, speaking to the NRB, former President Trump, says since D-Day in 1944, the organization has shown religious faith that helped our nation survive tough times. Our country was at war with the enemy and wanted, they wanted to extinguish our way of life forever. It was a very bad time, but here at home, Christians knew that victory depended not only on the force of American arms, but also on the faith in American hearts. The former president speaking last night in Nashville. The Biden administration expanding sanctions against Russia, adding over 600 people and firms in the largest installment of penalties since the invasion of Ukraine. The European Union also imposing sanctions on several foreign companies accused of aiding Russia's war effort. The moon's newest arrival said to be alive and well a day after landing. Intuitive Machines reports that it's communicating with its lander on the moon. On Wall Street, the Dow is ahead 113 points and NASDAQ adding 8 points. This is SRN News. You know, you see a huge group of people and maybe they're in line to do something and they seem happy about it. You have to wonder, okay, what am I missing? What's going on here? What are these people excited about? Well, in this case, it's thousands of people and they're joining MediShare. Why? Well, MediShare is a much more affordable alternative to health insurance. It's reliable, too. It's a well-run community of Christians. They've been sharing each other's medical expenses for more than 30 years, so it's proven. And if you switch, you'll likely save hundreds of dollars a month. Most members wind up paying about half what they used to. And you know what? They find they like it better. MediShare's member satisfaction rate is 98%. That's way better than health insurance, as you might imagine. You don't have to pay for things you don't believe in. You get telehealth 24-7. Huge freedom in choosing your doctors. At least check into it. This may be one of those things where you're like, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Why not start saving now? Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. The East Beltway northbound's heavy from New Berlin Road to Heckscher Drive. Normandy Boulevard slow between the West Beltway and US 301. 95 northbound, that's the usual congestion from Atlantic Boulevard to the Fuller Warren Bridge. Some clouds early tonight will give way to clear skies and a low of 48. Tomorrow and Sunday, sunny and 67. With traffic and weather, I'm Tom Murphy.
Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes. And before we jump back into our discussion of Mark Chapter 3 here, I, I think we have a caller, Jeremy, correct? Uh, Jim, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you? Uh, Good. How are you? Good. I wanted to uh, add something there. Um, Mary, at that point, her son, Jesus, was in his 30s, correct? Correct. Well, you know, over a substantial period of time, you know, she she had the visitation by the angel. The angel told her, you know, uh, who who her son was going to be and who he was and uh, how the world will be blessed by him. But you have this substantially long period where nothing happens, and her being raised in a Jewish background, she may have believed, like the apostles believed, that he's going to be the next King David, mm-hmm. you know, and, and set the world right. And if you look at other examples throughout the Bible there, uh, people that are given promises, like Abraham is another good example there. Abraham, your seed will become, you know, as the stars in the sky, as the sand in the beach, as, you know, the, mm-hmm. a lot of, of people there. And he and Sarai had uh, doubts, and then ultimately that ended up with Hagar. So she may have been in a moment of doubt Sure. And just participated. But that, that's just me. You know, I won't know this till I actually talk to Mary. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and, <laughs> and I will ask her. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and she's also a mom, right? She's a mom yeah, she and she's mom. concerned. And, and even though, like you said, she would have been told that by the angel, it had been a long time. I was thinking about, you know, the only other event that we really know about, right, between the angel's visit. and years old. Yeah, is when he was te- in the temple and answering the questions and asking questions and it says they were all amazed and and then it just says he continued to grow in wisdom and stature so right we don't know really anything more about his life before he started his public ministry so that that's a great point you make yeah jim well, I, I was going to say that, that that is a good point and i think just to to uh testify to that reality as as at least at our age david uh man i I forget what i said yesterday i forget what god has promised me yesterday in my study (laughs) and mary's got 30 years under her belt with raising jesus you know but i I went back and look i mean luke chapter 1 verse 31 says and behold you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the most high (laughs) And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Now, listen, we're all forgetful, but can you imagine that promise? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, you're right. Over, over a period of time, uh, she may have convinced herself, no, he's going to rule over Rome, you know? Right. Jim, Jim, that was a good point you made. She may have been expecting like the like the disciples were and like other Jews were that the Messiah would be a a king and there would be no doubt that he was a king and he would rule politically and culturally and all of that and 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 then when they saw Jesus doing what he was doing and the crowds that were following him but the way he was doing it was probably not what we know it wasn't what they expected yeah so yeah. but man, um I my work schedule won't allow me to do any of that in-person Zoom, but I mean, uh, um, swap meetings there, but I, I do do the, the Zoom meetings, and I was on last night meeting with Doug mm-hmm. and uh, I think 16, 15 other people. Um, very, very good meeting there. 
Yeah. I don't know if either of you gentlemen were there, but well, uh, we weren't on Zoom. But, had a lot to say. <clears throat> yeah, we weren't on Zoom, but we were uh, part of some of the other studies, and uh, it's all the same study each week, just different locations. Yes, so we heard everything you heard. Yep. Okay. Yep. Good, good, good. And we'll good. and Jim, tune in next week. We'll be uh, we'll be unpacking that a little bit. All right. Outstanding. Outstanding, okay. sir. <laughs> good Thank to hear you from for taking my call. Yeah. You bet. Anytime, time, Jim. Thanks for you. listening. Okay. Bye bye. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're, so, you know, you were, you were saying that jumped out at you about, about his family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think it's interesting. We always say, you know, what, what stands out to you and what stands out to me is this passage literally begins with his family. (laughs) Right. uh, Thinking he's out of his mind. Yeah. And then it ends with an element of family, what what we would call true family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus kind of redefines familial relationships based on obedience to his will and he prioritizes spiritual kinship over biological relationships Mm -hmm. uh, indicating that those who do god's will are his true family yeah so and that of course that reminds me of when he said and i'm i might botch it a little bit but essentially he said it you know unless you hate your father and mother you can't follow after me or you need to you need to you know when he uses the word hate, I think that bothers a lot of people, right? Because mm-hmm. it does say that right. in Scripture. Yeah. And and it doesn't mean it that way. Yeah. He means unless they are secondary to yeah. your relationship with me. He's not yeah. advocating, hey, what is uh what is you know the third commandment, right? Yeah. Honor your father and your mother. Yeah. I think that's third. Is that third or fifth? Uh, <laughs> I think it's... I, I forgot that one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's not advocating <laughs> hatred in the way we tend to think of it in our culture, but he's saying unless they are a lower priority than your relationship with me. Yeah, it, it really is the contrast between how much you love God and how much you love other things. And mm-hmm. Jesus said, man cannot serve both god and mammon uh we can't serve god in any other thing for that matter yeah. and uh that idea of hate is this chasm between our love for god and our love for absolutely anything else i, I, I you know i don't even want to say it's second like you would typically say well I love god family country mm-hmm. god's in a complete different category right, right. Uh, don't even include him in mm-hmm. the category of your family yeah. or your country. Right. Uh, those are completely separate. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, it's hard not to read this, of course, also, and, and and not have this passage on the unforgivable sin, so to speak, stand, not mm-hmm. stand out. Um, mm-hmm. That's in verses 28 to 29 after the scribes and the Pharisees are basically accusing Jesus of being in league with Satan and casting out demons by the prince of demons. Um, and Jesus says, all sins will be forgiven the children of man but who, and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness but is guilty of an eternal sin, for they were saying he has an unclean spirit. So uh, essentially, you know, there's a lot there. I know you, you and Doug talked about that this week, um, but that clearly stands out that there is that – you know, think about all the various sins <laughs> mm-hmm. that people can commit. Yeah. I think about all the categories of sin that I've committed. And they, God is willing to forgive all of those through faith in Christ and through repentance. And 
he will, and it's amazing what he will forgive. Yeah, no, you're absolutely <laughs> this right. idea that this idea that you know, I I think, and I've probably been guilty of this before, and I and I think this is probably something that certain people struggle with, but this idea of kind of saying, well. I do believe Jesus forgives sins and, 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 and I'm glad you believe that he's forgiven your sins, but you don't know how bad I've been. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think, and I understand how people feel like that. And, and this is going to sound harsh, but that's the reality is that's a very um, self aggrandizing way to look at yourself because what you're saying essentially is that the son of God sacrifice is not big enough uh, and acceptable enough to the Father to cover your sins, mm-hmm. right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, you're admitting it he's might po- cover. He's powerful up, enough yeah. to cover yours, cover, but, but I'm really bad. Yeah. Well, the yeah. point is that the point is whatever person in the world thinks they're the worst, we're all like that. Well, and can I just say, Paul believed he was the worst. Absolutely. So there's nothing wrong with believing. That your sin Correct. is not as we absolutely wretched we, we as should any believe other that. sin. We should believe that. But we should also believe that, as our pastor says often, if the tomb is empty, hmm. anything is possible. Right. Even your darkest, most wretched sin, yep. uh, God can forgive that. And yep. I think, you know, as you look in the, the context here, I think it's crucial. The mm-hmm. Pharisees had witnessed Jesus performing miracles. Yep including casting out demons through the power of the Holy Spirit. However, instead of acknowledging the divine source of these miracles, they attributed them to Satan. Yeah. And really in doing so, they were rejecting the work of the Holy Spirit and attributing it to evil. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords is standing right in front of them. Exactly. And they choose to go this route. And, you know, I, I, during the break, I was mentioning my friend Tim Hawes, who's an elder at Pontevedra Presbyterian, where I go to church. And Tim was on with me a couple of weeks ago when you weren't here, and we were talking about the Pharisees and them, you know, denying the reality of who Jesus is. And Tim contended, he felt that maybe if even if they didn't initially, they eventually knew. They knew exactly who he was. Yeah, yeah. But they attributed these works to Satan because their own arrogance and power and pride would not allow them mm. to confess yeah. who, who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that makes it even worse. And that's why Jesus got so angry with them at sure. times. Like when he asked them about John the Baptist, was he from God or from men? And they wouldn't answer because they were weighing mm-hmm. you know, the, the consequences. Yeah. And Jesus said, oh, you know the truth, but you won't, you refuse to answer yeah. because of your own prejudice yeah. and your own desires. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we'll pick up on that when we come back. It's not a, obviously not an easy question and an easy topic to, to go over in just a few minutes, but we'll do our best. So we're going to take our last break of the day here on SWAT Radio and hope you'll stay with us. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls.
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. 91 FM, the truth. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for Welcome back to SWAT Radio. David Gray and Brad Sykes here as we get into our last segment of the week and of the, certainly of today's program on SWAT Radio. And right before the break, we were talking about the fact that uh, one of the things that has to stand out <laughs> in this passage that we read at the end of Mark chapter 3 is Jesus uh, telling the scribes and Pharisees who are attributing um, the work of the Holy Spirit and attributing the work of Jesus and casting out demons to his being in league with Satan. And uh, Jesus says, uh, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. So Brad, I, you know, tell me if you think this is kind of a fair summary that when people, because people will ask, what is the unpardonable sin? What is the unforgivable sin? And, you know, I, I think what we can say in summary is it's, it's attributing the work of the Holy Spirit or the confession of the Holy Spirit about Jesus to Satan. And it's ultimately, therefore, rejecting Jesus. And we know that's the only way people, people go to hell according to scripture because their sins remain on them mm-hmm. and they are separated from God. I've, I've said to people in, in talking to them about the gospel and about what scripture says that, you know, we die in only one of two States, either with our sins on Jesus or our sins on ourselves. Yeah. And, and God's provision for our sins to be removed is Jesus. And if we reject Jesus, then ultimately there's no forgiveness of any other sin, our sins remain on ourselves. And so this unforgivable sin seems to have the idea of, again, attributing the work of the Holy Spirit to Satan and 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 in rejecting Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and your salvation uh, is the result of the spoken word of God and the Spirit of God drawing you yes. to the Father. And if you reject the Holy Spirit— you're rejecting a key component to salvation, mm-hmm. and that's what's happening here. Yeah, and uh, you know they're they're continuing in this text. There's so much in this text. I like what you said when we went into the break. It's this is you know this is true meat mm-hmm. of the word. This is not milk. Right. This is some pretty heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Sobering stuff. Yeah. And yeah. These guys had witnessed uh, this this incredible power <clears throat> in and casting out demons and healing the leper and healing the the crippled man and 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 even 
even calling Matthew to himself, you know, no wonder maybe they were thinking he was out of his mind Mm -hmm. is who would do that? Yeah. You know, Matthew's an enemy. Um, Anyway, you know, there was one thing that was interesting. I was, I've been teaching in Acts. Of course we did Acts uh, for about three years, not too long ago. And I was drawn to this verse in uh, chapter three of Acts, verse 13. It says, excuse me, uh, chapter four, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated common men, mm-hmm. it says they were astonished. Mm-hmm. They, they were astonished. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. There was an element even of Peter and John that was reflected that they had been with Jesus. They couldn't deny the power of right. the risen Savior right. and how— the Holy Spirit impacted their the only reason they're speaking with boldness, they're healing, they're speaking with boldness, probably casting out demons. That's not mentioned up to this point in Acts. But those are all works of yeah. the Holy Spirit. Right. Great point. Yep. And isn't it interesting that here they're accusing Jesus of being in league with Satan? And pretty soon I, I know, you know, the chronology here I'm not quite sure of, but we know in other passages Jesus winds up telling them no, you're in league with Satan. Not only are you in league with Satan, but he's your father. He's your father. So here they are accusing Jesus of being aligned with the prince of demons, with Satan. Yeah, yeah. And, and isn't, you know, that's funny. We see, we see this in a lot of other ways as well, even in the world today. It's a lot of times it's the people that are accusing others of one thing that isn't true but it's true about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in, in this case, you know, Jesus is going to tell them in the not too distant future, if he hasn't already at this point, that not only is he not in league with Satan, but, but they are. Yeah. yeah. And that Satan's their father. Can yeah. you imagine that scene mm. where they said, you know, Abraham's our father and they talk about Moses and Jesus basically said, you know, if Abraham were your father and you believe what Moses said, then you believe in me because the, they both, you know, Moses wrote about me. And, and of course, when he said Abraham before Abraham was, I am, um, you know, that, that would be a great, wouldn't it be great to be able to go back and, mm. and witness that mm. and just see what that must've been like. Amen. So. Amen. Well, <clears throat> I think for me, uh, just, and I want to hear what your kind of, what your draw is, what kind of, what are you going to do with this? How does this impact you? And the reason I brought up that Acts four verse is because, uh, it was evident to those around Peter and John that they had been with Jesus. Is it evident of us? If people are looking at us, would they identify us as men who've been around Jesus? Mm. Would they identify us as part of his family? He says there at the end in verse 35, he says, well, in verse 34, and looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. And, you know, that that should be reflective of us. Mm. I, I pray that that would be true of me. Yep. And, uh, you know, what, what is the familiar, is it familial? Is that what it yep. is, familial? What is the familial tie to Christ? Mm. It's, are we walking with him? Are we obedient? Are we obeying his will yeah. for us? Yep. Well, along those same lines, 
when Jesus is responding to the Pharisees and scribes when they're accusing him of being in league with Satan, and he says, you know, that famous, famous quote, right? A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And if a house divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And then he goes on to say, but no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then he indeed may plunder his house. Well, of course, he's talking about himself. Mm-hmm. He's talking about himself being the one who can, who can enter strong a strong man, man yeah. who is Satan and plunder his goods. And it's the idea is Jesus has come into enemy territory. He's, he's in the process of defeating Satan. And, and, and the plundering that he's doing is he's pulling people. Uh, you and Doug probably talked about this. Mm-hmm. He's pulling people out of the kingdom of darkness and out of the kingdom yeah. of Satan. Yeah into the kingdom of God. And to your point about is our, is our tie to Jesus stronger than it is to our human families? And it Mm. has to be, then we are ones who have been plundered by Jesus from Satan. And now are we working with him? Obviously he does the plundering, but he Mm. uses us, his, his people that he's redeemed through no effort of our own and through nothing good in us, but only because of his choice of us, we are ambassadors, instruments, servants that he uses to help him with this plundering or to shouldn't help is even the wrong word, but to be part of it well, through his power, first through Peter, the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, first Peter 2, 9, he says, you're yep. chosen race, a royal priest, a holy nation, yeah. you're a people of God's own possession. Right that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness, who plundered you out of darkness and into his kingdom and, you know, into his light. And yet people, we talk about that a lot, election, call, predestinate, whatever that is. uh, We listen, that's above my pay grade. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reality is it's in scripture. I don't know whether my neighbor is elected or predestined, but what a, what a cool privilege that we have to be as as i've heard it said the conduit yes. of the gospel we're not doing the rescuing by the way we're not correct pl- we're not plundering the strong man's house jesus is doing that right but he's he's allowed us to put the vest on kind of so to speak. yep and, and you're absolutely right about a holy nation a royal priesthood i i'm just trying to get across that remembrance that it has nothing to do with our abilities, oh, man. right? And I, if any, you know, that he he gives us a new heart, a new strength to to, and allows us to be part of, you know, that old saying, "History is his story." Right. But but back to your point about are we? What do we do with this passage, and how do we live differently? It's the reminder: is my priority him above all else, and am I doing what I'm called to do? to be part of the plundering under his power and under his lordship and leadership, or am I just sitting back passively and saying, well, you know, I don't, I'm saved. I don't really Mm -hmm. have to do anything else, which Mm -hmm. I want to do, you know, that, that, that's my natural kind of default lazy position. (laughs) But, but this is a, this is, again, this is why we read scripture. Part of the reason is so that we can be changed and we can be charged up and we can be, uh, instructed on on what our our response to God and to Christ is is to be well, and it, back to what we were even talking about over the summer uh, with the Bill uh, Bill Holland and uh, Glenn, um, Sobel's yep. Holland Sobel's, Sobel's book is that 
our salvation is not just a transaction that's a one and done. Mm. Yeah, we are saved. We are justified, but we are being sanctified. Mm -hmm. And part of that sanctification is that, uh, is that God is using his word, his spirit, and his people to transform you and I. He's going to use us to reach people. Mm. 